Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. We've been having conversations on money, and God wants you to prosper. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to prosper because your prosperity is a reflection of His economy. Your prosperity is a reflection of the vastness of the economy of God. So God wants you to prosper. I want you to look at three people and tell them God wants you to prosper. Make sure you talk to three people. God wants you to prosper. Hallelujah. You know, God, we're going to just gist this thing this evening. Because most of the things that I'm going to share with you are things that I have taught before and I feel we should do a recap so uh, for the benefit of those who have not listened to the messages because I think the last time I did this was um, about two years or more, two or more years ago. You know, so so I want to I want to recap and talk about some of the areas that we have touched. Were you in church on uh, Wednesday? Who was here on Wednesday? Were you blessed by Pastor Chibuzo? Wow, that was that was a remarkable word. And one of the things that he said is that you are not supposed to chase money, but money will naturally chase you if you are a person of value. And he said, and that's profound. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, God wants the church to emerge so that the church begins to take her place in the systems. And I pointed something out. I pointed the vision out of, of TSP. It says to be a leading influence in the current generation, establishing the excellence of God's kingdom in all sectors through spirit-inspired leadership. And one of the things that I said is, if in the place where you are, or the space you find yourself, or the sector you are in, if you are not a leading influence, then you have not yet met the vision of TSP. Praise God. And this is a challenge for all of us, including myself, everyone who is here. God has given you a sector to occupy. God has given you a sector to fill in. Alright? Jesus said, occupy till what? Till I come. So it is necessary that you become a leading influence in your sector. Why is this important? Because the kingdoms of this world has to become the kingdom of our God. And the kingdom of this world will not just become the kingdoms of our God if we keep quiet. We need men who understand kingdom values and kingdom principles to run the system and to take over the system. So stop shying away from the things God has called you to do. Somebody say amen. amen. So this is very important that, that we all uh, um, occupy where God has called us to be and not just find that place but become a leading influence in that place and when you have kingdom mindset where you are will not look like an opportunity for you but it will just be a platform to bringing God's kingdom down because many people get into office and what they do is take advantage of the benefits of the office and amass all kinds of wealth to themselves in fact, you come here, you do a testimony, God has favored you, God has blessed you, and you're a part of, you know, so-so-so appointments or whatever contract, and 
That's not the real story. The real testimony is the transformation you bring into the table. Praise the Lord. So the believer is called to work. The believer is called to take over the systems. When Adam fell, there were two basic problems that Adam's fall caused. The first problem was God's problem. The second problem was man's problem. Man's problem is the fact that he fell short of the nature of God. You know, when God made Adam, he said, he said within the counsel of himself, now let us make man in, in our own image and after our likeness. And then God created man in his own image. Now, when God made Adam in his image, Adam fell, he lost the image of God. That's the first thing that happened. So that's man's problem. But the second problem is God's problem. And what is God's problem? God's problem is the fact that man did not just fall and lose his identity or the image of God. He fell and handed over the systems to Satan. And from that moment, Satan became the prince of this world. I hope you know if, 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 if Satan wasn't the prince of this world, and he said to Jesus, if you will bow down to me, I will give you the systems of this world. If it was a lie, Jesus will say, you don't have the keys. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, to, to prove that Satan had the keys or he, he was running the systems of the world is that Jesus did not rebuke him to say he was lying. So, he collected it from Adam. Now, that's God's problem. So, when you get saved, when you get born again, the first problem is solved, but the second problem is not. What's the first problem? Identity has been fixed. Do you get that? So now you have come back into the image of God You are now saved, you are now born again And as he is, so are you But, but you see, as, as God is And that's just the way you are Does not guarantee the fixing of our systems So it will take the deliberateness of kingdom people To fix the systems of this world Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Uh, can you quickly flip uh, uh, Psalms, this is not part of my message But I just felt I should throw this in uh, Psalms chapter 110 verse 1 Psalms chapter 110 verse 1 Yeah, it says The Lord said to my Lord Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool Next verse The Lord shall send the rod of your strength Out of Zion Out of where? Out of where? Say it louder Out of where? Alright, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion, rule down in the midst of your enemies. Now, this is key because Jesus is already sitting at the right hand of God, and that's where we are. But there, there are still enemies that need to be subdued. And these enemies that need to be subdued are systems that need to be brought under the principles of God. Say amen if you understand what I'm saying. Fantastic. That's one scripture. Um, let me show you another scripture. Look at um, Micah chapter 4 verse 1. When, when TSP just began, this was one of the scriptures God gave us. And this was one of the things th that we ran with. Now it says, Now it shall come to pass in the later days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on what? On the top of the mountains. Now it says, The mountain of the Lord's house, that's Zion. Somebody say Zion. Now it says, Zion shall be established on top of the mountains. Now these mountains here symbolize or signify the seven systems. Do we remember the seven systems? 
You remember the seven systems? Okay, we don't have time to run through the seven systems, but everybody belongs to one. Everybody belongs to one of the systems. Alright? Now it says, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and peoples and people shall flow to it. Now it says that the Lord's mountain, which is Zion, which is the church, which is me. Somebody said, that's me. Now it says, you are exalted above the mountains and people will flow up to where you are. You know, you flow down, you don't flow up. Is that correct? But when it says you will, you will have people flow up to you, it means there is, there is a gradient, there is an attraction, there is something that pulls people to you. Praise God. So we must be deliberate about systems. We must be deliberate. What did I say? We must be. So the fact that we are saved doesn't mean systems are saved. Alright? There's one more scripture. I'm trying to remember it. Let's try Colossians 1 verse 20. Let me see if it's 20. Colossians 1 verse 20. Oh, very good. It says, And by him to reconcile... Let's read it together. One to go. And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on the earth or things in heaven. Now stop there. It says, by him to reconcile. What's, what's to reconcile? To reconcile is to bring back to the way it used to be. Is that correct? That's what it is to reconcile. You are in good terms with someone. There was a problem. There was a middle wall of separation between you and the person. And then there is reconciliation. That wall is broken. So you are reconciled back to that person. So here it says that by Jesus Christ, the him there is Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ to reconcile what? All things to himself. This is summary now. All things to himself. It didn't just say all people. Yeah? The Bible didn't just say to reconcile all people to God. No, it says all what? All things. Uh, people are a part of things, but things is more than people. And the things include systems. Praise the Lord. The things include what? Systems. So what system do you belong to? Where, where, where's your area of influence? What's the, what's the system? Okay, ask your neighbor. Don't give an answer, but ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor, what system do you belong to? What's your area of influence? Ask him. Ask her. What's your area of influence? Do you understand that? Now, you are reconciled, but your area of influence is not. And your area of influence will not be reconciled if you don't step up. And that's the reason why we leave, you know, our half-brothers, the Muslims, those who are not saved, to run systems. And believers in church shy away from these things. That's an error. You hear what I'm saying to you? That's an error. So we must rise up to responsibility and take over the systems. If at all we're going to ever fulfill the TSP vision, if at all we're going to fulfill these mandates, all right, this is something you must wake up. You cannot sit down and feel pretty with yourself and years pass by, there is no pool of greatness in your life. You can't. You can't. You can't, you can't even afford to move in six months and there is nothing pulling you. There has to be a tug in your back that pushes you that there is more to me than meets the eyes. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we need to take systems. So systems are not born again today. But they will be because of Pastor Phil. Call your name. 
call your name. Systems will be born again because of what? Because of you, call your name. You understand what I'm saying to you? So, you are saved, but it's your responsibility to save the systems. Who's in politics here? You have a passion for politics. Don't shy away from it. It's not dirty. It's not a bad game. It's not, it is God game. Alright, politics began with God and it will end with God. Or let me put it this way, government began. The first thing Jesus did was to set up government. When he came, he looked for 12 people. 12 is a number of government. 12 is government. That's why when God was dealing with the children of Israel, he related with them, you know, uh, by 12 tribes of Israel. Because 12 is a number of government. When Jesus came, he looked for how many disciples? 12 disciples is government. So the first thing he does before he establishes ministry is government. So God is the master of governance. So don't shy away from government. Don't shy away from whatever it is God has called you to do. Praise the Lord. So systems are meant to be reconciled to him, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So don't be too spiritual. You're not more spiritual than God. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are not more spiritual than God. (laughs) All you know is ministry and a big Bible, King James. And there is no, there's no (laughs) way. There is no influence whatsoever with the systems. See, if the plan of God was for you to be saved, and that's where it ends, the moment you get saved, you just go to heaven. He said, you have fulfilled destiny. Come, my son. But he left you here so that you can occupy till he comes. Do you understand that? Let me show you another scripture. Um, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 8. Like I said, this is summary. This is revision. This is not part of our, you know. I wanted to go further, but I just felt we need to recap. And we, So now, let's look at this. It says, you have put all things in subjection under his feet. Let's read this together. One to go. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put but now we do not yet see all things put under him. Scripture. Why don't we see all things put under him? Because of you. So, Jesus, who is the head of the body, is seated in the heavenly places in heaven. All right? You are here. You are his extension. You are meant to do the work. Look at your, look at your neighbor and say, God give you grace. God give you grace. God give you grace. Praise the Lord. So I said all that to say that God's problem, in quote, has not been solved completely because, but now we do not yet see all things under Him. All things are not yet under God. Look around you and you would know. If they are under God, it will go well. Heaven is under God. So when you pray, you say, let your will be done in heaven as, I mean on earth as it is, in heaven. Why? Because heaven is perfect. Heaven is under God. Heaven's government is running well. Even when there was one, you know, issue in heaven, it, like a flash in the pan, Lucifer was out quickly. That's the government of God. Sharp, sharp. There's no, there's no chaos. Can't last in the government of God. Praise God. So economy is important. The economy of a, of, of a nation 
uh, is the wealth all right, or the resources of the nation or the community or the people as regarding production, as regarding distribution or consumption. Do we understand that? So that's, that's the wealth. And it's important that every man, let me speak to the men, it's important that every man must understand economy. Because the, the Greek word, I found out that the Greek word for economy means oikonimo. It's broken into two words. There is oikos and there is nemo. Oikos means household and nemo means management. So that's the word for economy. Household management. And the word for husband is related to that word um, household bonder which is the same thing as the one who is into economy. So a husband practically, or a man who is a husband, a husband, <laughs> must understand economy. Do you understand that? Yeah, so you, you, cannot, you cannot be a husband, you cannot have children, have a wife, and not run an economy. You are already running an economy. An economy that... Um, entails your wife, your children. That's an economy. That's a community already. Might be a little community, but that's a community. So you have to run the economy of that community. Praise the Lord. So, like I said to you, God's economy is very vast, and God wants you to prosper. When He said in Genesis chapter one verse twenty-seven, He uses terminologies of uh, economy. He says something like, "You know, the Lord blessed them, and He said, be fruitful, multiply, be fruitful is product- productivity, which is necessary for every nation.'" Do you understand that? And when He said uh, multiply, that's expansion. These are economic terms. So God is all about expansion. Are you still here? So, I want to reflect to you four major economies that you can see in Genesis. There are four major economies that you can bring into a nation and into your personal life. Uh, You see that work in, in Genesis from the beginning. The first one is the economy of nature. I want you to write that down. The first is the economy of nature. The economy of nature. The economy of nature. Now, this is the most primitive of the four economies um, 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 that, that was expressed in the creation. You know, God created billions of planets and a lot of stars, and he put Earth in this solar system. And if you look beneath the floor, above the ground, there are raw materials and resources that he has created, you know, in primitive form. For example, the air you breathe... Is a natural resource, but if you if you push that air in the form of wind, it will generate energy for you. you see, so you can see how God has naturally endowed the earth, you know, with coal, with columbites, with you know, bauxites, with raw materials, you know, and and He has He has even sun, for example, even sun is, is a natural resource, sun. You can convert sun into energy, right? Into electricity, into power, into energy. So, all these things, water, these are renewable energies. Praise the Lord. So, the earth, first of all, has been endowed with natural resource. Very important to know. And to develop a nation, for example, she must be able to harness its natural resources and not necessarily focusing on one that we do here in Nigeria. Praise the Lord. 
The second economy is the economy of man. This is an advanced kind of economy. Uh, this is not as primitive as the economy of nature. The reason is because God, first of all, ascribes his qualities and puts them into man. The Bible says, God said, let us make man in our own image. So when God made man in his image, he made man run the systems or run the raw materials that he had pr- produced. I mean, uh, uh, um, he, had pr- he had created and embedded in the earth. Alright, so the economy of man is more advanced. Are you, are you still here? The economy of man is what is more advanced because he's the one who manages the economy of nature. For example, God did not God did not make chairs, but he made trees. So the economy of man is what makes chairs out of trees. God did not make paper, but he made trees. It's because of the economy of man that he is able to transfer or, or, or transform, rather, transform the economy of nature into a more refined product. Alright, so this is a summary, like I said. And it is important that you must understand your value, you must understand your value before you appreciate the creativity you have, which is just like God's. Because when God made all these things in the earth, He now made you like Him. So that you can make out of the things he made. So the first thing is, if you don't see value in yourself, you would never be able to come to the place where you harness natural resources. So first of all, you must see that you are created in the image of God. One of the first expressions of God is um, Elohim, which is the God who creates, the creator. God the creator. So, your creative ability has to be acknowledged by you first before you understand that you can do what God did. Are you still here? So, look at your neighbor and say, You are creative. Now, tell yourself, say, I am creative. All the ability, the capacities, the ingenuity, everything that God had, you also have. And He made you the managing director of the natural resources on earth. If man never woke up to take responsibility of transforming the things that were formed in nature into what you have today. For example, we have space travel today and that's because of the economy of man. Do you understand that? So God made the earth. He endowed the earth with natural resources. But he also made man another resource. And he empowered man with his creativity to transform what is natural, raw materials, into something more refined. Have you ever asked yourself why God never made anything, you know, refined? Why, why God never, you know, um, um, made chairs, for example? Because he wanted the economy of man to work. God wants you to work. In fact, work is not a curse. But toiling is a curse. No believer is meant to toil. As long as you are a believer, you are not meant to toil. You are meant to what? Work. So the Bible says God said to Adam, till the ground... Right, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, expand and have dominion over the earth and all that. Praise the Lord. All the big ships we have, aviation, the innovation in agriculture, all that is from the economy of man. The third economy you see from the reflection of the creation story is the economy of evaluation. Somebody say evaluation. Say that again, say evaluation. All right. 
I want you to see Genesis chapter 1 verse 31. Someone is asking me, how do we express you know, the economy of evaluation in the Genesis story? Now look at this. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was what? Very good. Somebody say it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. At this point, he had already created all the natural resources and he had already made man. But there was something interesting God did here. When God had done all those work and creation, God started to applaud himself. And he said, all that I have done is good. I hope you know God didn't have an audience. There was nobody to clap for him. There was no one to clap with him. But God said, this thing that I have made is good. Now this is the economy of evaluation. You must see yourself as valuable. Somebody hear what I'm saying? If you're ever going to run a successful economy, you must understand the value of what you have. You cannot find, for example, 60 carats of diamond, you know, on the ground and you throw it away like you found nothing into water. I was just going to say, so a friend of mine just proposed with diamonds, you know, this, this morning. And for you to know that the value of... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> that one is valuable, though. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you know, I can imagine how you would, for, for if the lady, you know, it's it's the highest range of diamond. You put it on this finger or wherever. Is it this or this? The economy of evaluation. I mean, you, you cannot, you cannot, if you don't evaluate something properly, you will sell it cheap. You will. So, that's the reason why you must be able to give and accord the appropriate value to what you are and to your product. Coming to the individual, your brand asset, for example, you have to ensure that your brand is properly evaluated so that you can sell yourself at the right pricing that you really are. So you don't sell yourself cheap. So this is the economy of evaluation. Where God finished creating everything natural and then he created man, he began to do this. He began to clap. And he said, all that I have made is good. You are good. Do you understand? You are good stuff. You are good stuff. Look at your neighbor. Point at your neighbor's face and say, you are good stuff. Good stuff. Amen? The fourth economy is the economy of rest. That's the fourth one. What do I call it? The economy of what? Of rest. Very critical. Very, very essential Genesis chapter 2 verse 2 let's see that and on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done now this is the economy of rest God rested but his work didn't go to rest 
That's the way this economy works. If you want to build a sustainable economy, you must build a system that works even when you're resting. That's the economy of rest. Any system that is tied to the person's work is going to fail. It's just a matter of time. If the system is tied to personalities, it will fail. It's just a matter of time. The progress has to be tied to a system. Not the system tied to a person. The expansion of your business, for example, has to be tied to the system, the way the system runs. So you must not exalt I mean you must not exalt persons above systems. System is important. You know, uh, uh, someone, someone was talking about uh, the evolution. Everybody was created in the image of God. I don't believe in evolution. Because I'm yet to see another man evolute. I mean, doesn't it make common sense? If evolution from a species happened in time past and created a kind of specimen called man. So why is it that it, why is it that it, it's not ongoing? So the the monkeys decided no, we don't want to turn man again. Is, is, I mean, so is, is that what it is? You know, I want you to know that every systems will do everything possible to fight that there is God. So the, the, the purpose of that is to say there was no creation. The atheist does not like the word creation. Doesn't like the word created. So doesn't like to hear that God created man. Because if you say that there is creation, you're indirectly saying there is a creator. So they will fight you for saying there is a creation, but they will rather say evolution. And that's the trick of the devil. We believe that God created man in his own image. And you know, God said to the, within the counsel of himself, let us make man in his image. I mean, in our image and in our likeness. And the Bible says God made man in his image. And I said to you before that if you look at that grammatically, that's wrong. If God said, let us make man in our image, and the Bible now says God made man in his image, that's not correct. It's meant to be, God. let's make man in our image, and then God made man in their image. But it says, in his image. Meaning that, even from the beginning, the first man was fashioned to look like a type of the Godhead. And the person he was to look like or resemble is Christ. And that's why the last Adam, you get the picture now. So even when the new creation expresses um, who we are in Christ, it still likens us to the, 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 the part of the Godhead that speaks of who Jesus is. That's why the Bible says who he is, so we are. Glory to God. I want you to say these words after me. First of all, say, now we're coming to personal. Say this with me. I have natural endowments. Say that loudly. Say, I have natural endowments. Uh, I want you to recognize that nobody has an unfair advantage over you. 
You have to know this. Please flip me to the scripture that says time and chance happens to them all. Do you understand that? Do you believe that time and chance, one has to lie. Either the Bible is lying or either your experience is lying. It has to be your experience. It's not the scriptures. If the Bible says time and chance happens to them all, it means that time and chance will show up for everybody. That's what it means. That indeed a time will come where your time will come. And it is dependent on how you have worked your understanding of your personal natural endowment. So let me put it this way. Your natural endowment, which some of you call talents or gifts, they are your starter packages. But hear me, your starter package is not necessarily a guarantee for success. Because there are many beautiful failures. There are many people who look good just looking at the natural, the natural endowments, but the truth is because they have not brought in the human factor, the, the, the second economy now, which is the economy of what? Now, the first economy is nature. You were born with it. You have a natural endowment. There's a way you process things. You have some good coordination. Like I said to you some weeks ago, Messi has a natural coordination with his body, his legs. His, he knows how to use his legs. And that guy is making how much weekly? Calling the money will annoy you. Legitimately. After tax. How much does he make weekly? How much does Ronaldo make weekly? Let us say 500,000 pounds a week. Let us say 500,000 pounds a week. Let us say. How much is that in Naira? That's a budget, right? <laughs> Somebody's making the amount of a budget for, for a state in one week. Why? Because of what? Natural endowment. Djokovic and Federer, who are my favorite lawn tennis players, you don't want to know how much they make weekly. They have good hand coordination. And their mother probably said to them, maybe that you do this well. You have to harness your gifts. I believe that the, everybody in every sector is making it big. This is what I mean to say. If you look at all the sectors, there is one person who is succeeding in all the sectors. That's what I'm trying to say. So you cannot say that there is a sector that is undermined. I, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. You cannot say there is a sector that is better. Even though you have to find your context if you have a natural endowment. For example, you are gifted with snow plane or snowballing, which they do in Switzerland. You don't do that here in Nigeria. <laughs> so you have to find your context. Do you understand what I'm saying? But my point is that there is no sector or there is no area of endeavor or natural skill or ability that doesn't have a great success in it. And the second thing I want to say is that the fact that you 
have natural endowments does not guarantee that you will be able to ascribe value to what you have. Because Messi may not necessarily be the best footballer. There are people who are better than him, but we don't know them. So it's not just about the natural. The natural is the most primitive, like I said. How many of you believe that you are gifted? Lift your hands if you know you are gifted. Say after me, say, I'm gifted. Look, see, gifting is not necessarily being able to sing. Or act drama. I can sing, I I can't, okay, I can't act. I shouldn't have used that as an example. But, But it doesn't put someone who cannot sing at a disadvantaged position. There is something everybody has. I was in Lagos one day, and Namdi, you are with me in Lagos. That Pastor Chooks, that businessman, that man, the way Pastor Chooks was counting money, I have never seen anybody count money like that. As far as I was concerned, that was a gift. <laughs> Where is he from? His Igbo. Amen. <laughs> the Igbo people are my favorite people in the world. Amen. Amen. I, I'm, I'm just being very honest. I like, I like the Igbo people a lot. I'm telling you the truth. I love the Igbo people a lot. The Igbo people are very expressive. Amen. You know, and and there is the, there's a lot of fun around the Igbo man. You know, sometimes you know, I, I went I went I went somewhere one day. You no, know, it was in Oweri. I think Kemas were with me. We went together, and <clears throat> just being around them felt like I was watching a movie. You know, no, no, no. This, this is not. I'm not. I'm not talking down. I, like I enjoyed being with them. I enjoyed being with the evil man. The way his mind works. And we went out to have you know dinner, and I saw a group of evil guys. They had made sales for the day, and one thing about the evil man is he will celebrate himself after he has made profit. It's standard. <laughs> you know, they take life very good, very easy. Amen. And I like it. It's not, it's not, not all of them, but the ones I see, I like it. Amen. So that's the first thing. The first thing is the natural endowments. You are gifted. You are gifted. There is something you have that nobody has. You are gifted. Your ability to process things is a gift. Your ability to interpret things from your perspective, from the way you see it, is, is something nobody has. It's your gift. The way you walk is even a gift. People have used their tongue to make money. Just the gift of the gab, the gift of being able to speak. And then you're a public speaker and then people are calling you from all parts of the world to coordinate events from mouth. And you know it's possible that maybe the parents of that same child would have beaten that child. You talk too much. Do you understand? But nobody knew that that talking too much is going to bring money. There is something you have. Look at it. There is something you have. Oh, there, is, there is. You have a gift. You are talented. You are gifted. You are gifted. You are gifted. That's the first. The second is the what? The economy of man. Which is the polishing of the gifts. It's just like a father who has a child, he sees talent in the child, doesn't send the child to school, 
you are indirectly saying that you have not ascribed value to that child to polish his gift because what education should I'm not saying what education necessarily is doing but what education should do is to make you polish your gift and help you express what you have that's what education should do when you go to school these days what we have a lot around us is learning other things apart from learning us and that's not education if our education started after the fall I know you caught that there was no need for education before the fall Adam was aware you don't understand he did not need to learn that to name animals in the sea he needs the principle of learning how to swim like we all do no he knew how to go in there Adam knew what to do just like when <laughs> Adam he, he was aware it was a state of idol those of you who have heard my message on knowledge it was a state of idol you were just in awareness you just know so Adam did not need education education happened because of the fall so what education should do is to help you polish your gifts and, and see please don't be caught up with the endeavor to being about all you read if what you read is not what you are called to do because you will be in a vicious cycle of trying to make ends meet and the years are passing and the real thing of who you are has not come out I don't want to get to 70 and realize that there is much more to me than I should have brought out in my youthful years where the Bible says that the, the, the glory of the young man is his strength so that when you, when you channel your strength on something that is a system other than your economy huh, you have wasted your years in developing a system that you are not beneficiary to which is the state of Nigeria for example any nation, for example, that does not invest in human capital will be a consumer nation. And that's the state of Nigeria. That's the reason why, even if Nigeria was uh, at, at the time, uh, at one time, the second most productive of uh, cocoa, we send all our cocoa out of the country and then they refine it, bring it in the form of Kit Kats. Huh? Cadbury and you know, you know what I mean bringing the form of chocolates and all that and then we pay the difference in value we, so the fact that we produced it did not guarantee that we should enjoy the benefits of the production why? because of faulty human capital so I'm saying to you that if you have a natural gift and you have not trained or worked your gift Time and chance happens to them all. Um, that scripture. Time and now hear this. Your time will come, but please let your time meet you when you have been working your gift. Please. In fact, be about working your gift now. 
Be about it now. Because time will, time and chance happens to everybody. So, be found at the place where you have worked your gift so that when you come on the public stage, it's a showdown on what you have been working for years. So, people are looking for money. People are looking. The money is inside you. You don't understand. The money is inside. It's inside you. And this is the God economy. This is what he has put inside of you. Have you not heard of people who, people who were in school, left school to make money and come back to school? How do you explain that? They left school to look for what is inside them, school what is inside them, then come back to school so that they can harness and be more productive in what they have schooled inside. It's very important. Very important. So you must be able to work your gift. How many, how many people did the master give talents to? Three of them. The first he gave how many? Five. Second he gave uh, two. The third he gave one. The first two worked their gift. If you see what the scripture says, the scripture says that immediately the master handed them the gifts. Immediately he left. And the Bible says, excuse me, he left for a long time. And he didn't come back. After a long time, he didn't come back. Meaning that it will take time to work your gift. Do you understand? So don't think because you have a gift or you have a talent, it will just show. It will just start to show tomorrow. Be patient in working your gift. Say amen, somebody. What did I say? I said be what? Patient in working your gift. So that you become the best in what you do. It's very key. Let there be a captivation about you. Let there be something that pulls people to you in the common thing that you do. That's deep. See, what you do may be like everybody, but let the way you do it be different and captivating enough that like we read in scripture in Micah chapter 4, that nations will come up to you. There's going to be a negative flow upward. It's against the normal gradient of flow. And then the third economy is what? The economy of what? Of evaluation. You must be able to ascribe value to what you are so you will not sell yourself cheap. And one of the ways you do that, alright, evaluation is important because you should be able to have a, a brand credibility. There must be a perception about you that is credible and of value. There are many people who, are, who have worked their gifts who know they have a gift but don't have credibility. So the evaluation of them is a faulty evaluation because of a lack of credibility. So you must be able to... So you see the coming together of um, technical work with virtues being married together. So you cannot, dis, you cannot undermine the place of virtue when it comes to your business or when it comes to what you do. The place of virtue, credibility and value, sincerity and honesty is important. Let your yes be yes. As a businessman, 
let your yes be yes. Like I said to um, our people sometime, I said, if you are into deliveries, for example, make sure you cultivate the habit of delivering on time for credibility's sake. Because apart from the function of what your product does to you, there is also the brand experience. Do you understand? Like I was telling Pastor Ideal something today. I said, okay, they we're talking about something in the afternoon. I said to him that something cost me too much. It cost much because, not, not because it's not good, but because the experience, I lost the experience in the process. I lost the experience of credibility and process. So it became costly for me. It takes more to have a good brand experience, not just the purpose for which the thing was made. Do you understand? I, I, felt, I, I feel like I'm speaking in abstract terms. Amen. So evaluation is very key. Brand evaluation, very key. Very key. Then the fourth is what? Is rest. You must enable to create a system Pastor Chibos and I were having a very important conversation you know, uh, this weekend and I learned a lot from the things that you taught me how that you know, it's important that every organization builds um, a credible system that will take the organization beyond the person it's very, very key so that when you work you get to a point where you come into rest not that you cease to work or you cease to increase or improve no not that but that your 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 rest is that your system is working with or without you that's very key right now by the grace of God if I travel for example for two weeks there's a system here that runs that would not require Pastor Phil to be on ground And it's something that is in progress. It's something that we are building gradually, even though we are where we are today. And we're in the process of becoming a mighty church. Don't think that the best time to organize system is when your organization is big. You start from it from the scratch. So you must be a system person. If you are an in, if you are individuated in the running of your business, it's it's, it's it's going to it's going to be a flash in the pan. So you must begin to put structure. Remember when I taught you on balances, and I said to you that you must be able to balance revelation with structure. The Bible says, write the vision and make it plain. What is vision? Vision is revelation. But for you to write revelation is saying that you need to put revelation into structure. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received of the Lord that thou mayest fulfill it. The ministry is what you receive by revelation, but the fulfilling of the ministry is your responsibility. God will not necessarily come down and give you the blueprint of what he revealed to you as big picture. He will give you a big picture, but he will expect you to build structure around the big picture. 
you understand what I'm saying to you? So it's very key, very important. Glory to God. So I pray that you would you would you would harness the giftings God has given you. I pray that everything that is inside of you will find expression. Because you must know that you're gifted. If you don't know your gift, go and find it from today. If you don't know what you're called to do. And some of you might work in the multiplicity of many gifts. Because you are not primarily, you, you, you may be primarily gifted in one major thing, but you have a set of gifts working around it. For example, I knew that I had insight to teach the word of God. I knew that I had the grace to speak. But I did not know that I had a grace to administrate as well. So it is until I started to walk in my talking gift, I found the administrative gift. So some of you will not find the other gifts if you don't start the one that you know. And this is just this is something I should throw out there for you. Um, before you set up an organization, one of the first things you should do is find out who you are, know who you are, before you bring somebody else. Who you are should inform the next person you bring. So that you don't bring someone who is strong where you're strong and weak where you're weak. So that when you're setting a system and a structure, you're able to set people who can do what you cannot do effectively or as natural as you would do. Because as a man, you are limited in your tendencies. You're limited in the things that you naturally know how to do. And if you stay on building your organization on persons, what you're going to do eventually is you will put your organization in a bias of you. On a bias that, if for example I'm a carpenter, all of you will be a nail. Because the only thing I see is nail. Because I'm a carpenter. But if I build a system where, even though I'm a carpenter, there is a farmer there. There is someone in oil and gas there. There is someone who knows how to manage finances. There is someone who, know, who knows how to do human relations, people skills. So if you are not good with people skills, you, you should have someone who knows how to do people skills. So that whilst you are going off balance in the managing of your brand... You must be able to maintain the imbalances as you progress. So structure is very important. Look at your neighbor say, build a structure on your revelation. Look at two people and say to them, you are gifted, work it. Two people, come on, tell two people. I see, I see business tycoons here. I tell you, I see people who will do well. In, you see, the fact that you are gifted in a craft should begin to tell you that you need to learn management now. Because there is a certain level of increase and expansion you will have that you, be, you begin to operate boardroom engagements and meetings. So if you don't know the matters of the boardroom or, or, or the, the protocol of... Do you understand what I'm saying? How can you now be praying for global Lord? Take me there. I'm, I'm so it is structure. I found this as a young pastor that the largest ministries 
Now, what I'm going to say does not mean that you should begin to look for the large ministries and say, this is what Pastor Phil said. But see what I'm about to say. Many times, the largest ministries and churches are not pastored by people who can preach the best. They are pastored by people who understand leadership. So, no matter how great you are as a pastor... No matter how brilliant and how intellectual you are as a CEO, you must understand leadership, you must understand structure, you must understand relationships. I hope you know in the fulfillment of Adam's destiny, the Bible says when Adam saw his wife, that's partnership. That's another part that you must not ignore. Partnership. He didn't make partnership with gorillas. He didn't make partnership with goats. <laughs> he made partnership with people who were like-minded. So what did Adam say? This is bone of my bone and what flesh of my flesh. In, 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 ter- in, in money talks now, if you want to bring or import that into the discourse that we're having today, look for your bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh, not in terms of romance. Amen. But you understand what I mean People who see what you see And even if they don't see what you see They have the potential To see what you see Partnership One of the reasons why Businesses don't do well is because You want to do it alone There is, there is the extent to which your business Will go you cannot do it Alone again My team My team It mm. <laughs> It's going to be more than that. Why do you think that, why do you think you have what we call shares? Because it's so big that someone ha- people have to be a part of it. Unfortunately, Nigeria is one of the places where you have just one man or an individual having, you know, monopoly of a system. I don't know if you get what I mean. It's not meant to be that way. In fact, at some point, Bill Gates had to relinquish something so that some other people, I think Apple came into it, some other people will have to be a part of what, do you understand? Because as an individual, you can't have monopoly of one system. So there's a way your business will grow that you cannot just operate it by yourself again. You will have to go into partnership. But in the place of going into partnership, you must realize that you find your bone of your bone the flesh of your flesh, someone who sees what you see, someone who can see what you see, someone who knows where you're going, who understands your vision. On Wednesday, I'll talk about vision. It's going to be powerful. Glory to God. So you have a gift in you. I want you to know that from today, you're going to work your gift. This is the time where you begin to harness what God has placed inside of you. We talked about four economies. The economy of what? Nature. The economy of what? Man. The economy of what? Evaluation. The economy of what? Rest. You will come into rest. You'll be able to build structures, multinationals. Um, um, You'll be able to come into the place of affluence, influence, where you become, where the Bible says that your leaves will be used for the healings of the nations. You're not, you're not a local champion. Someone hearing what I'm saying? But I want to prophesy to you now. You will have discomfort in where you are. 
If you're not ready for progress, don't say amen to this prayer. Something will push you out of the womb where you are. I hope you know death and life are the same messengers just facing opposite direction. For something to be born, something needs to die. You need to die to your old environment to be born into the new. The reason why a baby comes out is because the baby can't stay in the womb again. That's why the mother has to push the baby out. And guess what? You don't see a woman pushing and having her makeup on and smiling pretty. Push can be tough. Somebody hear what I'm saying? Somebody's about to push. What can you see? Do you see greatness ahead of you? Look, you will leave back, you will go back to your houses and begin to think about your life. Some of you will begin to get clear words and revelations and you begin to write things down. Instructions that God will give you. Hear me now, I'm speaking, I'm speaking by the Spirit. Instructions that God will give you that will enable you walk in the path He has called you to walk in. Some of you have no business where you are. I'm telling you, you have no business. That is, there is no relationship between destiny and purpose in the place where you are. May God open your eyes that you will find purpose, you will stay in purpose, and guess what? The peace of it, you cannot explain to another person. So that even whilst you're going through the challenges of life, because you are in the place of purpose and you are in the place of destiny, you know that I am in peace. So that even whilst you are not in money, you are in peace. It's different. It's not the same thing. Some people are in money, but not in peace. But you will be in both. Say amen, somebody. I said what? You will be in both. You will be in both. You will be in both. Because your prosperity is the reflection of God's economy. God's economy is so big that it is raised to the 10th to the 25th power, to the billions, to the gazillions of his economy. So what God has is so big that you cannot be a beneficiary of his economy. You're coming into the fullness of God. I prophesy to you, you'll be uncomfortable where you are. You'll be tired of mediocrity. You'll be tired of average. You'll be tired of it. You'll be tired of it. You know why you'll be tired of it? Because destiny will blow you in the face. You will feel the breeze of destiny. You will feel it. You will feel the push of destiny. You will feel something pushing you in your back. And just like the four lepers said to themselves, why sit we here until we die? If we go back, the famine will kill us. If we stay here, we die anyways. But we might as well move forward. So even if God does not deliver us, it is better we tried than we didn't try at all. Something will push you forward. I prophesy upon you that you will not be stagnant in where you are. You will continue to progress. You will continue to move forward. You you cannot stay where you are. Because eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. What God has called you to experience. What God has called you to to, to, to find purpose. To find a place of fulfillment. I push you to your next level. 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 Hear me somebody. Hear me somebody. Hear me somebody. There is more. There is more. Don't think you have seen it all. No, don't think so. Don't think so. Don't think so. I hear the Spirit of God say to me that I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. You don't know because you have not come into it. I'm pushing you this night. It's a prophetic push. It's a prophetic push. 
It's a prophetic push. Oh, thank you, Jesus. People are coming in the wind of the Spirit. I see it. You're coming in the wind of the Spirit in that as you take one step, it's fast. It's happening so fast. You will take one step and you are seeing four steps ahead of you. Who am I talking to here? Four steps ahead of you. Enough of sitting down, doing nothing, and not knowing that the systems of this world needs to be reconciled by you. You are the agent that God has called. You are the you are you you are the Elijah. You are the the Elisha of your time. You know you know what Elisha said. Elisha said, "By this time tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, that a measure of wheat is going to be sold for so so amount." In the face of poverty. And take it in, in the face of degradation of the nation. Elisha prophesied. And he happened just as he said it. He was the solution to his country. We're the Nehemiahs of our time. Those who are building the walls. We're the Zerubbabels of our time. Those who are breaking the mountains. We're the restorer of the bridge. Where are those people? It's time to break out on your left. It's time to break out on your right. It's time to move forward. Because where you are, you have moved about this mountain for too long. I prophesy to you that a push is coming your way. I prophesy to you that a push is coming your way. You cannot be in the same spot around this mountain for 10 years. I, I, I bind the spirit of stagnancy in this house. I come against the spirit of stagnation. I come against the spirit of one spot. I come against the spirit of no progress. I come against the spirit of mediocrity. I come against the spirit of average. I prophesy upon you progress. I prophesy upon you insight. I prophesy upon you revelation. I prophesy upon you forward movement. And backward never. I see the picture of a lady. You are taking four steps forward. Hold on, hold on. You are taking four steps forward. But something brings you eight steps back. Eight steps back. And it feels like you have to start from the beginning again. But you know what God said I should tell you. Thank you. uh, (laughs) Glory to God. You know, you see, when you pull a catapult back, right? It's for the thrust that is coming after it. That's a picture I'm seeing. That's a picture I'm seeing. I rejoice with you. Your setbacks are setups. Your setbacks are not actually setbacks. They are actually setups. They are not stones that will kill you, but they are climbing stones. I see somebody using a stone for a pillow. What was meant to discomfort you is actually comforting you. Because you don't lie and put your head on pillows. I mean on stones. Pillows are meant for comfort. But I see somebody using a stone for comfort. And you know what? It's genuine comfort. Comfort where you see the revelations of the Spirit. You will emerge. You will. Let everything inside of you come out. Let everything inside of you wake up. Let everything inside of you find expression. Let your gifts 
find the expression. The gifts of a man will make a way for him. Thank you, Jesus. One of the reasons why I asked you to pray in the Holy Spirit before we started this service is because God was opening portals. Was opening portals of your expression. I hope you can hear me. God was opening portals of your expressions. That's why I asked you to pray in the Holy Spirit. Lay your hands on somebody now. You're going to pray like never before. This is time for action right now. Because I see movements in the spirit. I see things happening in the spirit. You're going to pray like never before. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.